in today's show, I'm looking at players who might be buy lows, players that might be sell highs. We're also looking for Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need or that you don't want and can even negotiate deals on the ones that you want to keep. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Here we are, buy low, sell high show. And I thought I probably should have been doing this all year, to be honest. And I will do it as we move forward. Is looking back at last week's buy low, sell high show and seeing how the players have ranked in the week since we did the show and seeing if any of those buy lows or sell highs made sense. So let's take a look. Last week, the five buy lows that we had, we had Buddy Heald, who was 191st. Over the last week, he's 53rd. That worked out all right. Tyrese Maxey was 210th. In the last week, he's 16th. Of course, yeah, I could have now put Maxey onto the sell high after being 16th, but yeah, that worked out all right. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Also, shout out to the bloke who said that he likes all the sound drops, but the Barnes noise is the most grating and annoying sound he's ever heard. Mate, I don't know what to tell you. I love it. It's not going anywhere. Uh, Harrison Barnes was 230th, and he's 138th in the last week. So still hasn't found his stride exactly, but there's been improvements there, and yeah, he will get back to not where he was at the start of the season. I'd be pretty doubtful of that, but yeah, back into being a top 100, 110 type of player. Um Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. He was 72nd last week. Now he's 32nd since we did that show. So a big step up there. Of course, now he's dealing with some toe and foot issues. Hopefully that's not too much of a long-term thing. Paul George was a buy low. He was 48th last week. We haven't seen him play since, so that's hard to judge. But yeah, still buying low. If he's hurt, you might be able to still get a, a deal there. The sell highs included Donovan Mitchell, who was 7th. He's now down to 15th. Right, that's that's sort of the right area for him in that 15th zone. Um, Kelly Oubre was 21st. Over the last week, he's 234th. Now that's gone too far in the other direction, but he was always a sell high. And if you could have got any top 100 guy, you should have done it. Um, Scott Barnes, the one that people hated me doing, hated, how can you, you're an idiot. How can you possibly sell Barnes? He's going to get better. Well, he was 22nd um, when I did the show last week over those two weeks prior, and he's 55th last week. Again, it's not saying he's bad. It's not saying you sell players for nothing. It's saying that, yeah, those numbers aren't going to persist. So maybe want to see if you can cash in at that value. If you can't, oh, well. He's 55th over the last week, Barnsley. Bobby Portis was 39th. He's gone down to 83rd over the last week, and now he's in the COVID protocols. And then Franz Wagner. 47th when we did the show. 116th over the last week. Now, they're dealing with a bunch of COVID absences, so he might be able to push back up. But there was a lot of things about his game that made it feel unsustainable. So, 
a pretty bloody good week. I'd say that's yeah, out of the guys that Paul George didn't play, but otherwise, nine out of nine in terms of buy lows, sell highs. Not whether you, I don't know if you executed them or not, but in terms of the value heading in the direction that I thought it would, it did all right. Let's see how we go this week, and we'll start in Indiana, and we look at Karis Levert, the bloke who is featured here on the thumbnail on YouTube, so you could have guessed that I was going to talk about him. He is, over the last two weeks, the 32nd-ranked player in category leagues. He's 47th in points leagues. Now, we know that he has been disappointing for much of this season, but he is starting to turn it around at the moment. He was traded recently, in the last 24 hours, straight up for Cade Cunningham. I would I would rather have Cade Cunningham in that scenario. But, yeah, others may not. But over the last two weeks, where he is 32nd, he's averaging, or he's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting 44% from three. We know that percentages have been a massive issue for Levert all season, all career really. He's also hitting 87% of his free throws. Now he's had some issues in that area in the past, but he did sort of fix that last year too. So I'm not sure if that's going to stick or not. He's also averaging a 1.5 steals and 0.8 blocks. And they don't seem like big numbers, but when you are a one steals guy and a 0.6 or 0.5 blocks guy, they're big. So he's put everything together. Increased field goal percentage, increased three-point percentage, increased free throw percentage, increased steals, increased blocks. And those categories are probably the biggest single, well, not single influence, they're the biggest influences, they're the biggest wild variance categories there are. And he's bumped them all up at the same time. So, you know, those steals go down to one, go into half a block, get into 37% from three, get into 46% from the field. And he knocked 40 ranking spots off just there. So he's, uh, I think top 100 for him is relatively you know, possible. He is only 120th for the season, but mind you. But these numbers are obviously on the high end. Again, a sell high doesn't mean sell at all costs. You just get rid of them, you just burn them, see you later, Karras for whatever. But you try and cut the middle zone there. So any top 50 guy, a guy that you project to be top 50 moving forward, a guy that you project to be top 60 moving forward, I would take that in a trade for Karis Levert. He might continue this form for another week. That's possible. And you lose out. But over the course of the season, I think that will work out in uh, in your favor, hopefully. Anyway, that's the uh, that's the theory behind it. The theory behind um, Truebill is that we know that free trials are there and we sign up to them and we get our subscriptions. We think, oh, we need this right now. And then you forget about it. And the money just keeps coming out of your account and it's so hard to keep a track of all that. Or Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel all your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over 100 million bucks. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. That's truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Bet online has you covered all season. Props, contests, lines, odds, whatever you need. More than ever before as football season marches towards the playoffs. Bet online is your number one spot, in fact, for all sports action this season. So head to the updated desktop website or use your mobile device to sign up and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome deposit bonus. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your 
your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. Luke Kennard, the duck. The Clippers have been without, of course, Paul George, as we've mentioned. They've also been without, at times, Nick Batum. And Kennard has taken advantage of it. I like Kennard as a player. I think that they should have been looking at starting him from the very go. But he's the 63rd ranked player over the last two weeks. He's playing 35 minutes a night. He's hitting 55% of his threes, which is making him hit 4.3 triples per game. He hasn't missed a single free throw over the last two weeks either. So he's like at, well, eight of eight from the line, not many. But when George comes back and the fact that Batum is back, it is going to cut into what he does. And again, it's the perfect storm. Usage, minutes go up, and then you can't miss at the same time. He could have played 35 minutes a night, but had a slump shooting 27% from three, and we wouldn't even be bothered talking about him. But because he's put those two things together, the numbers are up. 104th in points leagues over that time as well. I don't mind holding him because I do think there is a starting spot there next to George and Morris, who's out in the protocols, and Reggie Jackson. But they could easily just start Jackson, George, Batum, Morris, and then Kennard and Mann and Bledsoe fight over scraps on the bench. And he just could be easily a, a, an unrosterable player. You can ride it out until Paul George comes, but inquire. Can you get a top 80 guy back? Can you get a top 90 guy back? Can you get a top 100 guy back? I'd take that if I could get a top 100 player back for Luke Kennard. He's 129th this season in 29 minutes a game. On a healthy team, he maybe doesn't play 29 minutes. He might play 26. He's a good three-point shooter. He's not a 55% three-point shooter. Let's go to another guy who's really taking his current opportunity, uh, taking advantage of his current opportunity, and that is Monty Morris of the Denver Nuggets. Morris, over the last two weeks, is 48th in category leagues and 79th in points leagues. For the year, he's 122nd. His minutes haven't really spiked. They've gone up a little bit, 32 minutes a night. But remember, during this time frame, there was no Austin Rivers. There was no big stiffy Bones Highland. Will Barton was in and out with an illness. Now, we know that Porter's not coming back. We know Dozier's not coming back. Marcus Howard's now hurt. Jamal Murray, we're months away from him returning. So there's obviously opportunity there. But you can get some... Look, there's an interesting deal. He was traded along with Keldon Johnson, two fringe 12-team players, for Draymond Green. And that's a good deal. And again, while these guys are out, he's turned up his production. 53% shooting, 90% from the line. He's 75% on the season. So he started hitting his free throws. And he's averaging 17 points per game, which is four, four points per game extra over his season average. I think that Morris is absolutely fine to have in a standard league. Don't get me wrong but around the 100 mark. So don't train him for nothing. Don't drop him. Don't just give him away. But if someone wants to give you a top 60 player, a top 70 player, an underperforming guy who might be on this buy low um, show that we're going to talk about in a second, you know, do, you want to, um, do you want to be looking at those sort of guys? Yeah, I, th- I think you do. Like, I think you want to be trying to attack those players who are underperforming with Morris. <clears throat> It's about trying to flip value. And if you can do double flips, you know, buying low, selling high, that, that's always going to be a, uh, a positive outcome. Now, I don't know what show it was that I was talking about this. There was definitely a show that I was talking about it. But I was saying that, hey, Ja Morant's probably back this week. Well, Ja Morant is questionable for today's game. So you've got a couple of hours where the sell high window is still open. And that is for Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain, over the last two weeks, is the 55th ranked player. He's 72nd in points leagues. He's been really good. 
I like Desmond Bain. I think it was ridiculous that he dropped as far as he did in the NBA draft. I really like him as a player, right? But I'm including him here because, you know, Morant is on his way back. But also, people really love this bloke. I like him, but people really like this bloke. They love him. And if you bring up that point, they're just like, nah, man, he's, he's awesome. He's, he's sick. He's, he's going to be really good. And this, he could be, right? He could be for sure. But when he shared the court, it's only been 550 minutes, I think, that he's shared the court with Ja Morant and Dylan Brooks this season. His usage is 14.7. Over the last two weeks, his usage is 23. That is a gigantic difference. Now, do I think... That obviously, he's not going to play every single minute with Morant and Brooks together. So that 14.7 is not going to be what he does the whole way through. But 23 usage is going to be almost impossible for Bain to maintain. He's not a high assist bloke. He's not a high steals player. He's not getting blocks or big rebounds. He thrives on scoring, doing it efficiently, and hitting threes. He also hasn't missed a single free throw over the last two weeks. So you pair, his minutes might stay up. That's fine. But that usage is coming down. With Jar and Brooks out there fighting to take the most shots, Bain gets relegated to a fourth option. Morant, Brooks, Jaron. He's a fourth option. And maybe he loses minutes because they have to try and fit Morant in there and you've got to find that time for Melton to play as well. Bain is still good. No one's arguing that. He's really good. But you know where does he fit? He's 72nd over the course of the season. Large chunks of that without Brooks and without Morant. So where where does he fit in on this team? Can he? How does he maintain? Um, yeah, what what he's up to, I guess, is his, is the best way of phrasing that. How does he maintain his um, current value? I, I think that's. I think it's impossible, really, for him to maintain that level of production. Um when those two guys who are going to be you know, dueling for you know, high, high usage type stuff, um, it's going to be really, really tough for him to do that, I think, anyway. And that, that minute, those minutes total I gave early on, that wasn't for this season for his usage. That was in his career, sharing the court with uh, Morant and Brooks. He played 550 minutes for a usage of 14. So my bad on that. This season, he's played 30, 73 um, minutes together. His usage is at 18% during that time. So still well down on the 23% that he's been at um, in the time without those guys or in that time without Morant over the last week. Next sell high, Tyrese Halliburton. This one might feel obvious, but just, 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 just listen. Over the last two weeks, he's the 15th ranked player, 33rd in points leagues. <clears throat> he was traded straight up for Jalen Brown. We like what Halliburton's doing at the moment, but there is no De'Aaron Fox. There is no Davion Mitchell. There is no Terrence Davis, Marvin Bagley. More importantly, there's no Fox. And we had seen under Alvin Gentry that basically it was Halliburton, just get out of the way, let De'Aaron Fox do everything. Fox went out and Halliburton went, all right, let's go. And again, he's done that thing that when the opportunity arises, he starts doing other things better. Like 52% shooting from three, he's got nothing to do with Fox being out, but you add that with the 7.9 assist that he's getting without Fox which is due to Fox being out, pair that in with excellent shooting, and then also he's blocking over a shot per game over the last two weeks, and you have a bloke that's ranked 15th, 33rd in points leagues. It's just not going to be able to stick. He's 40th this season. No reason he can't be a top 50 player. If Fox is traded, no reason he's not a top 30 player. All right, so this is 
It's inquire on a sell high. It's look at a sell high. It's by no means a must sell. N none of these blokes are must sell. It's about, can I get the right value? Otherwise, oh, I'll just enjoy this little hot streak. Maybe if Fox is traded, it helps him out. But if I can get a top 20 player, I do it. And that's what a sell high is about. It's not about must trading. It's about inquiring. Otherwise, you write it out and you just bloody enjoy when a bloke is putting up numbers like that. And that is what Halliburton is currently doing. If you listen to this podcast and other podcasts for the inside track, the power of the inside track, you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes of Locked On Fantasy Basketball and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all of the insights. I know you just want to get your mom and your grandparents to listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Why wouldn't you? Get them in a league with you. Um, and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? That sounds ominous. Switch to Boost Mobile and find out and get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Mobile? Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See boostmobile.com for details. All right, let's... Um, shit, this show's gone on for a while. Let's go to the buy lows. <clears throat> let's start in Orlando. Currently injured, that's always a good trigger for a buy low. But Cole Anthony has seen some of his numbers drop off. 110th over the last um, two weeks. 33 minutes a game, so that's not a problem there. So what's going on? Well, we know that he's been one of the best rebounding guards in the NBA. But over the last two weeks, he's averaging just 4.4. That's down over two rebounds per game from his season average. He's also shooting 38% from the field. Now, one of the worries I had with Anthony was that he was going to be an inefficient guard. But he's been really efficient. He's going to have issues where he doesn't shoot well. Because I, I just don't buy that he's the guy that he was you know, to begin the season all, all through. But 38 is very low. And that's going to jump up. Also, in the last five games, he's had one steal. One steal in five games. Right? That's not a realistic number um, for him to continue with. It, 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 just, it just isn't. Like He's not going to be able to keep going. Uh, and getting so low steals. He was traded someone straight up for Will Barton. Like, that is thievery to me. I know Markel Fultz is coming back, so you can use that in a deal negotiation. I don't think it's going to impact Anthony very much at all. It might somewhat, but now is the time. He's the 37th ranked player this season. I don't think he gets back to that. Top 50, top 60, probably reasonable. Throw a top 70 guy out there. See if the injury, the Fultz return, the recent regression can buy you something there. Don't pay too much. That sounds like an ad for, I don't know, Franco Cotto or something. But inquire. This bloke's just been shit house. Like, really bad. Terry Rogier, the 311th ranked player over the last two weeks. That is atrocious. 218th in points leagues. He's played four games over this time frame, playing 26 minutes a night. They have been blown out millions of times. He's 86 for the season. I think top 100 for him is probably the right spot. He's better than this. Like I don't, I don't think he's particularly good, and I, he, I would definitely not if I was the Hornets have given him the extension that they gave him. Definitely would not have, but they, they did, so they believe. 35% field goals is horrid. 50% from the line is also horrid. 
He's averaging just 0.8 steals. And again, when you're a 1.2 steals player, losing a third of the production in that category hurts a ton. There is, this is the most one of the most obvious buy-lows that are out there. But it's about you know, getting the right option there. Your two worst players for Terry Rozier, that's the deal you make. Your 11th and 12th best player, that's the deal you make. Don't look at Rozier to be a top 60 player like he was last year. If he gets there, it's a bonus, but you don't trade for that. View him as a top 100, top 90 at best player. Maybe maybe top 70, but you don't pay that price to get him in. Just understand that there's at least these three categories, plus the 26 minutes a night, that are all going to boost up for Rozier as we No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Yusuf Nurkic. 157th over the last two weeks. 87th in points leagues. He was traded straight up for Josh Giddy. I like Giddy. I like Nurkic more. Nurkic is the 76th ranked player this year despite playing 25 minutes a night. And it hasn't been minutes that dropped him down. He's playing 28 a night. And we're seeing him get over 30 regularly. So again, the, the, the bullshit of he's too unfit to play big minutes is bullshit. It's just that. But they're playing him a lot more minutes at the moment. So why is he so low? Well, he just can't block any shots. His shot blocking has been well down this season, but in the last two weeks, it is rock bottom. Two blocks in his last seven games. That's putrid, right? He's been getting around a block per game. So we're well down in that category. Yeah, boosting that back up already pushes him to top 100. He's not a great free throw shooter, but he's hitting just 67% of his free throws over this two-week period. He's also at just 0.6 steals which is obviously a really low number. Not that he's a high steals guy, but that's a low number. He's averaging one steal a game this season. His rebounds are also down from 10 down to nine. And that 10 was coming in 25 minutes. The nine is coming in 28. So his rebound rate is well down. And when you go your free throws from 67, from 74 down to 67, it's a big dip. And all that's impacting him. So if he was able to turn these higher minutes into a situation where yeah, we could start to get some blocks. And he's, again, his blocks have been terrible. He was at 1.1 last year for blocks. He's at 0.5 this season. But he hasn't blocked a single shot in his last four games. Like, not a single shot. It's going to turn around. Now, trade him for any top 100 guy, I would. I'd be If I've got a top 100 player, that is what I'm getting for Nurk. Because if he can tie the minutes in with getting some blocks back, getting some steals back and hitting his free throws marginally better, then you're already at top 80. Easily. You might disagree with that. That's fine. Marcus Smart, also on my list here. Smarty is 192nd over the last two weeks. That's shocking. 116th in points leagues. Now, we don't look at Marcus Smart and go, wow, knockdown shooter, sick. He's going to hit everything. But we don't look at any NBA player and say, well, they're 14% three-point shooters. That's what's going to be real as we move forward. Because it's just not true. He's only hitting 28% from three this season, but that is literally double what he's doing over the last week. And in the past, 30% last year, sorry, 33 last year, 35 the year before that, 36 the year before that, 30 the year before that. This is his worst three-point shooting season in five years. In fact, I think it might be close to his worst career shooting season from three. It is outside of his second year where he shot 25%. And down at 14%, that's horrible. And that's, of course, impacting his volume of threes, 0.5 threes only. Per game, that's really bad. And he's hitting 71% from the line. He hit 81%, uh, sorry, 79 last year, 84 the year before that. He's at 76 this year, but that 71 is dragging him down. 
Smart's the 90th ranked player this season. I, I think that's sort of where he is. And obviously his value goes up in a punt field goal scenario. But these numbers are way, way too low. And the last guy I want to talk about. Alec Burke. Yep. Alec Burks. 171st over the last two weeks for Berksy. There are people who are dropping him. I would not be doing that. They are obviously beat up the Knicks with no Quickly, no McBride, no Grimes, um, no Barrett. These guys will come back. I think Burks will clearly remain starting. Maybe they change course and start Kemba again. I, I don't know. right? But I'm looking at what Burks is doing where his shooting numbers are just in the toilet. 33% from the field. He's at 39 from the field for the season. So he's not great there, but he should be like a 41-42 guy. He's hitting 28% from three, and he's at 40 for the season. He's hitting 37% from two, which is an abysmally low number. Now, he's only at 38 for the year, so there's still room for that to grow. He's never been under 41% in his career. He's also not generating steals at 0.8. It's a low number. That's 0.8 steals in 36 minutes. On a per 36 basis, he's at 0.8 steals per 36, whereas for the season, he's at 1.5. So basically, his steal rate has been cut in half. You tie all those things together, Alec Burks can go back to being a top 100-ish sort of a guy, top 90 sort of guy. Yeah, look, it could get hurt when, or if they decide to start someone else quickly, McBride, probably not, Kemba maybe, but you can get Burks off the wire. You can get him for absolutely nothing at the moment. I would do it. I'll also do it ending the show. That's a shit segue, but it doesn't matter. We're done. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, though, thumb me up. Drop your comments down below. Flick the little bell, and you'll never miss an episode. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.